this is Solemn Literary Press. I'm your host, Riley Bounds, and this is the Solemn Podcast, where we discuss and examine the intersection of the modern renaissances in evangelical literature, philosophy, and spiritual formation. Today, I'm excited to have Professor Doug Linquist returning to the podcast. Douglas J. Linquist is content consultant, Solemn Press. He graduated from New Hope Christian College with a BA in Ministry Leadership and from Talbot School of Theology with an MA in Philosophy. His academic writing has appeared in the Journal of Contemporary Theological Studies. He currently teaches philosophy at Grand Canyon University. More information will be given in the show notes, including a link to Doug's prior interview on Solon Podcast. So Doug, welcome, and thanks for joining me again. Yeah, I'm very happy and excited to be back with you. Awesome. Well, Doug, in our first discussion, you said that uh, as a worldview, Christianity stands out in the marketplace of ideas. So uh, how did you come to that conclusion? Um, so most of my life, I was interested in, in the big questions. I, I didn't know that there was a, a field called, uh, I, I didn't know much about philosophy. I didn't know there was a field that formally addressed the big questions. But then when I was 21, I, I had a uh, conversion experience, which started from overhearing philosophers talk about Christianity and about different religions. I didn't know what, I had never heard the term worldview. I, I didn't know what that meant. Um, but in my research, I realized that a lot of times as, as human beings, we go through life and we kind of form one belief here. We form another belief in a different place. And we're not even particularly aware or conscious of, of our beliefs um, or of the way that, that we understand things. I started to understand uh, at, the, at the age of 21, like I said, that we actually can come to have a coherent uh, set of beliefs. We can come to have a way of, of understanding life, a way of understanding the world that, um, that can kind of hang together, so to speak, and that we can actually test to see if it's true, test to see if, if it's accurate. Um, and so a lot of times though, um, we just sort of absorb this, as I've said, we, we're not even, we don't do this in a way that is, that is intentional. We pick things up from movies, we pick things up from music, we pick uh, ideas up from our parents and, and friends. But uh, it was at that age in my life that I started to see that um, worldview is important in that Christianity is not just kind of a smattering of different ideas uh, or different beliefs. It's actually, it's a system of beliefs and it, it hangs together. There, there's a place for each teaching. There's a place for each idea and that it, it's not just about having a personal faith in Jesus, although that's important. Uh, it's about coming to an intellectually uh, holistic approach of, of understanding life and understanding God and, and really assessing what are, what are our beliefs and do they, do they hold up against scrutiny? Is there evidence for them? Um, so that, that was pretty much how I understood the issue of worldview. And I saw that, that the, the deep divide between people today, uh, the deepest divide is actually at the level of worldview. And when I studied Christianity, I also studied other systems of thought uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, um, atheistic philosophies, and I, I started to see them as worldviews. And I started the, mo the more I, I looked at Christianity, the more I, I just began to see that this particular system of ideas actually does stand up to scrutiny, and it actually does make better sense 
of uh, of human existence and of the, the, the biggest questions that we all uh, wrestle with. Mm, right. Well, what exactly is a worldview? And even then, why is it important? Yeah, and we've touched a little bit on that, but a worldview is a general outlook on life and on the world. And, and it has, there are certain core concerns that every worldview needs to address. And those are going to be issues like, does God exist? Uh, and they're going to be issues like, uh, is there an afterlife? Um, there's going to be questions uh, on the issue of like, where do people come from? What is the origin of, of humanity? Is there a purpose for human existence? Um, it's, going to, it's going to be something that, that addresses the big core concerns um, in life. And so it would just be a general outlook on life, on the world, on God, on, on death. Uh, and things of, of that nature. And, and the reason it's important is because human beings tend to live up to what they actually believe. Uh, we, we typically, uh, though not necessarily always, tend to li live and behave in light of what we really believe. Sometimes we, we might think that we believe something, but when we, uh, when we analyze our lives and when we assess our actual behavior, it may turn out that uh, we're not living up to what we say we believe. And of course, I don't, by this, I don't mean perfectly. The goal is it's not about perfection, but the question is, if I think that I ascribe to a certain worldview, whether it's atheism uh, or you might say secular humanism, or it, it may be a theistic uh, perspective like Christianity or Islam or something like that, I would need to actually assess my life and my behavior and the priorities uh, that are reflected by those things to see if, if that, that actually is my worldview. So if I say, for example, that I'm a Christian, my behavior at, at, to some degree will need to line up with what the official teachings of the Christian faith um, are as stated in scripture and have been stated historically by, by the church um, to see if I actually am a Christian. It's not just a matter of, of what I think I am or what I claim to be, but worldview matters because um, our lives run on the rails of our beliefs and, and worldview is about those, those core beliefs. And so we want to get, uh, we want to get to the truth. We, we want to live in light of the truth. So that's why worldview matters because if we, if we get, get certain things wrong, uh, it can lead to, to, you know, bad consequences. Yeah. That sounds like um, in developing a coherent worldview, consistency is, is pretty important. Um, can you, can you live out your beliefs consistently within a worldview? Um, and uh, do you think that um, there's something with Christianity where it's more cohesive than other worldviews? I, I think it's, it's important. I would suggest for everybody to study as much as they can. Obviously, we're not all going to be um, experts on, on religions. I certainly am not an expert on world religions. But in my research, because again, I started as a non-believer and I started as somebody who was frankly quite hostile to Christianity in particular. But what I saw was that Christianity stands out in certain regards. I would not say, let me be clear, I would not say that it, it deals with every single question. I would not say that um, it just, it resolves every single issue in some tidy way. That, that's not my, my claim. Um, I think that even even once somebody does accept Christianity, in some ways it opens up more questions 
um, even though I think it I think it does the best job of answering the the most uh, what are called kind of the existentially central questions, with just meaning that the questions that that are the most weighty and significant for human life, I think it does the best job by far, and I think it does frankly the most honest job at um, at 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 uh, presenting answers to those questions. I mean, I'll give you one example. Christianity is very clear that the world as it is now is not the way it should be. It's very clear about that. There are some, there are some perspectives that will try to minimize uh, evil, that will try to deny that evil exists or deny that suffering is real. Uh, Christianity does not do that. Christianity is extremely clear that uh, suffering is a big part of our of this this world. That this world, though it, though it was made good by God, um, it it is now fallen, as Christianity would say, and that just means that things are not the way they ought to be. Um, and especially when it comes to human nature, human nature, human beings are not functioning the way that they ought to function. By and large, there is something that is that is wrong. Uh, with, with human beings, there is something that Christianity would call sin, um, and of course, and also just forms of brokenness that are not sinful, but that are just a result of of living in a broken, fallen world. Uh, some examples might be mental health issues, uh, which are, are I think becoming more prevalent in some ways, but also moral evil, um, the evil that's committed by by human beings. All you have to do is watch the news for about five seconds. Uh, or, or pick up a, a newspaper, and you will see the fallenness of human beings all over the place. And um, so any, this would just be one, one test would be, how does the worldview diagnose the human problem? What is our problem fundamentally? And, and each worldview has its own way of addressing that. But Christianity would say that we, we have a problem of evil. We have a problem of, of, of wickedness and of sin that, that is in the human heart. Um, and so then you, with that claim, you just need to test that claim against the evidence. And, and G.K. Chesterton once said something to the effect that this is, this, the fallenness of, of man is the, most, is the area where you can most obviously see the truth of Christianity. Because all you have to do is look around and you don't see... Um, what maybe, uh, you know, a, a new age perspective would say that we're all just divine, we're all just little gods, and we forget our divinity. Uh, you don't, you don't see that you don't see little gods, you see people who, who are broken in ways that are not their fault, but that also um, do things that are wrong. So that would just be one example of a way that, that you would, you can test different worldviews to see if what they say is true, and, and where Christianity is, is brutally honest, um, and, and accurate. Well, what subject is, is most foundational to a person's worldview? So that would be, the answer to that question is a, is a subject called metaphysics. And that is something that's, that's within the discipline of philosophy. And it is the most, uh, the most abstract for the most part, and, um, it, but it is the most fundamental subject. Metaphysics which, by the way, the term comes from Aristotle's works when they were to be um, categorized. Aristotle, Aristotle wrote works called um, the Physics, and then he had other works that sequentially came after the Physics, and so they were called Metaphysics, which just means after the Physics or beyond the Physics. Um, 
And that, that has a couple meanings. One is them just being sequentially after them, but it's also because those works dealt with different issues than just um, observations uh, and analysis of the physical world. So metaphysics deals with the, the most fundamental, the most basic principles of reality. It is a, a quick definition is that it is the philosophical study of reality. And so it, it focuses on everything to do with reality, with existence, um, and, and that has several meanings. So just to give a few examples, one metaphysical question would be, why does anything exist at all rather than nothing? Um, as human beings, when we, when we look around us, we see many things that they, they could have easily not existed. Um, it, it's possible that, that these things did not exist. There didn't have to be mountains. There didn't have to be human beings. Uh, there didn't have to be stars, but we do observe these things. And so the question is, why does any of this exist at all rather than, than nothing? That's one of the big uh, puzzles historically in metaphysics. But there are also other areas like, is, does God exist? Um, and also, if God does exist, what is God like? Uh, how do we understand God? What sort of properties uh, or qualities does God have? Um, another area would be, what does it mean to be a human being? Uh, what are human beings? Are, are we just physical things? Uh, are we just um, things that, that abide by the laws of physics and, and chemistry? Or is there something else to us? Is there something like a soul? Is there something like a mind, like a non-physical aspect to us. Um, a, a further issue in metaphysics would be, do we have free will? Um, or are we just kind of determined by our bi biology, by our genetics, by our environment, uh, or perhaps by God even? Um, that this would be another, another puzzle, the issue of, of free will. But to boil it all down, um, the most foundational question that every worldview addresses is what is real? What does the worldview see as being real? what exists and what is what is what we would say ultimately real and and that means what are the basic constituents of reality is it ultimately just matter is it ultimately just um, physical you know stuff or is it something spiritual like god uh, when you get to the very bottom of reality the very base uh, what is it composed of is reality made of just one kind of thing or is it made of multiple kinds of things um, so this is going to be the, the deepest and most fundamental issue that every worldview needs to grapple with. Yeah, the, uh, the term reality has come up quite a bit. And it, it, it is kind of hard to, uh, when you put people on the spot, say actually what it is. Um, so how would you define reality? Yeah, it, it is hard. And especially because philosophers, again, they love to disagree about everything. And so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it, there isn't any, any one agreed uh, definition of the term, uh, which is very common in, in philosophy. Um, but reality, essentially what, what I would mean by that term is I would just mean that there are certain things that are, that are real, that exist, and they exist in a particular way. They have certain qualities or properties. So reality is just all the things that actually do exist, and, and the ways in which they exist, which is true independent of human opinion. It's, it, it, these are there, so to speak, they're out there, whether we agree on them or not, um, whether people are aware of them or not, 
Um, th that would be just a rough and ready answer for what reality is. It's the things that exist and, and the ways in which they exist. And this is not constructed by people. This is not created by human language um, or theory. There's, a, there's what philosophers would call a mind-independent world uh, that's actually out there. We don't, have, we don't create it. Uh, or something like that. But let me speak more practically. There's a more practical way to understand that. Reality, and this is from my favorite philosopher, Dallas Willard, reality is what we have to deal with. Reality is what we have to deal with. Um, and there's a couple other ways to put this. Reality is what we can rely on to be there um, and, and to, that we have to um, you know, come to terms with. The other thing, kind of a funny way to put it is reality is what you run into when you're wrong. Um, that would be another way to put it. Um, so those would just be a few kind of practical ways to understand it. Yeah, just a general word of advice to our listeners. Just um, whenever in, when in doubt, uh, just quote Dallas Willard. So absolutely. Um, well, uh, how did Jesus answer the quote unquote reality question? Jesus, as I said in the first uh, discussion, Jesus was not a philosopher in the same sense as the term is used today, but he was a philosopher in, in kind of the classical sense, uh, the way that it was used uh, in a more ancient sense. Um, so he, he did grapple with the biggest questions. He didn't always, he didn't use a lot of philosophical terminology and language the way that, that someone like Aristotle did or, or Plato but he absolutely did have answers to the core issues that classical philosophers uh, were concerned with. So Jesus absolutely did deal with the reality question. He did. So for him, according to his worldview, he believed in, he would answer it in, in a couple ways, or at least we could, we, we could draw from, what, from his teaching a couple ways of answering it. One way would be that what you can rely on is, is what he called the kingdom of God. So you can rely on God, number one. You should rely on God, he would say. God, God is, um, he is the ultimate reality. Uh, Jesus said that those who followed him would be adopted into a spiritual family where we would have a perfect father uh, in heaven. And it's the God who created the, the entire universe. So on his worldview, we rely on God for, for everything. Um, we, we also, you know, we use our own effort, our own intelligence uh, and things of that sort, but we still rely on God and, and on his kingdom. So Jesus said, repent uh, for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is at hand. What he, what he meant by that was that there is a, there is a reality at work that is, is, you are invited to put your confidence in, to put your, your trust in or your faith in. And, and as soon as you, you actively begin to put your trust in that and lean your life on that completely, you will see the hand of God in your life. You will see him working um, because there's a real power there. This is not just kind of a pious idea. It's an actual power source. It's a, it's a way to, to draw power for our lives that can enable us to become the kinds of people that, that we were made to be. And so that, that was what he was saying. There's, there is a reality that people do not know about, um, but it is the ultimate reality. It is the most trustworthy reality, and that's God himself and his kingdom. Uh, so that would be his answer to the practical question. But in terms of the other side, 
For Jesus, there were many different kinds of things that exist. Of course, he believed in the natural world. He, he, he knew, and in fact, he created it. Um, so he believed in, in all the things that, that science, uh, you know, accurately w- would deliver for us today. But he also believed in supernatural realities. He also believed, of course, in God. Um, and he believed in, in angels and demons. He believed in heaven and hell. Uh, he believed in the reality of, of miracles. He had a, a rich supernatural worldview um, that was very, that's very interesting and in that there's more that exists than just what meets the eye. So Jesus would, he would push back against the, the modern um, obsession with the physical. Uh, and he would say that there, there is more than just physical reality. There, is some, there are spiritual realities like the soul, like God, uh, and like angelic beings as well. Well, has science shown that Jesus' worldview is outdated or false even? A lot of people have that suspicion. A lot of people seem to assume that something has been discovered that shows that, that traditional Christianity is, is false or that Jesus' worldview is false. Many people just kind of assume that science uh, has, has proved that in some way. And I would say absolutely not. I don't think there's any, there is no deliverance of, of modern science that, that disproves any of the core uh, beliefs of Jesus or teachings. Um, so let's take the issue of God, for example. There's nothing in science that shows that God does not exist. There is no deliverance from science that shows that. That's not even what science can do. Science is in the business of of studying the physical world and breaking it into parts and understanding how the parts work. Um, and that's just, that is its purview. It, it, it cannot pronounce on what is beyond the physical or what is not, I should say, mm-hmm. um, because it, it, its tools are limited to what is physical. Um, by definition, there's, there's a, an operation, there's an operating principle in science called methodological naturalism, which is the idea that, that, for something to be scientific, it needs to limit its, its explanatory resources to, to just what is natural. Um, and so it, it's not in the business of science to, to disprove God's existence. Um, th- there can be even be some cases where science provides some evidence uh, for God. I, it, cannot, it can't prove the existence of God, but it can provide evidence that can be used in a philosophical argument that leads to the conclusion that God exists. So there's nothing in science that shows God doesn't exist. Science doesn't even show that human beings have no soul. Um, all that it can do, like the, the only field that would be relevant to the soul for the most part would be neuroscience, at least the most relevant. And even, even neuroscience cannot, cannot show that there is no soul. Um, what it has shown though, is that there, there can be a correlation between brain states and mental states um, or even a causal dependence where, the, the functioning of the mind depends upon the proper functioning of the brain, but that does not prove that the mind is the brain. Uh, science, it couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing in science, again, that, that, that can refute or, or disprove um, those fundamental teachings of Jesus. We, we live in a culture now that um, has given science, that it almost has a worshipful attitude towards science. Science is obviously a tremendous blessing. 
um, and I would see it as a gift from God. If you study the scientific revolution, you will find that uh, virtually all the major players in it uh, were either Bible-believing Christians or something very close to that. Um, and it's a fascinating thing to look at so that there is no fundamental conflict between science and Christianity. Modern science arose in the West, in Europe, precisely in the most Christian um, context. Um, and it did not originally arise in, in other parts of the world as we have it as modern science, uh, as we mean by modern science. Um, so science and, and Christianity can go hand in hand, but the problem is our culture believes in an idea called scientism. And scientism is the idea that science is either the only or the best way to know anything or to come to any truth. That's, that's uh, called scientism. And that is philosophy. That's, there's nothing in, in science that, that uh, concludes that or proves that. That is a philosophical mm -hmm. idea um, that many scientists will assume because many scientists are not trained in philosophy. And so they will make statements about science that are philosophical. They are not statements of science. So we need to be very careful when we when we watch popular programs on television or or see what um, popular scientists say. As bright as many of them can be, very often they will they will speak beyond their training, um, and particularly when it comes to philosophical issues. Mm. Right, I love that. Well, in conclusion, here, Doug, um, metaphysics as a whole, maybe it just seems a bit too abstract for most people, you know, including just lay people like me. Um, so why should people uh, who don't specialize in philosophy really care about metaphysics? Yeah, great question. And the reason is because when we get reality wrong, it hurts us. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the basic reason, or, or at least it can. So if we remember that metaphysics tries to understand what exists and also what is the nature of things. So if we, for example, if we don't understand the nature of human beings, if we don't understand, let me take a, Let me take one example. The nature of human sexuality. Many people, there are different views over what it is. What, what is this, this phenomenon that we call human sexuality? And are many people in the culture want to say, well, it, it's something that just you do because it feels good. And um, the only thing that matters is that you have consent um, but otherwise, it, it's something that can be as trivial as just shaking someone's hand. That is a particular view over the nature of sexuality. So what I would say is if somebody believes that, which I would say, unfortunately, it's, it's a widespread view in our society. And if you live that out, and, and if you're wrong, and if it turns out that sexuality is something very different, and it's something much more deep and much more sacred, then that belief can hurt you if you get reality wrong on that issue. Um, but you could even say, even you could say if the Christians are getting it wrong, right, and, and they have a more restrictive view of sexuality, then it, it may perhaps it's hurting Christians because they're missing out on, on pleasure they could be having. You could, you could argue it both ways, but the, the essential point is that when we get reality wrong, it can hurt us, and sometimes it can hurt us in very severe ways. So we study metaphysics and we study philosophy because we want to live a thoughtful, examined life. We want to be on good terms with reality because when we get it wrong, it can bruise us and it can harm us. 
And, and so we, we want to, to be on good terms with it. Well, that was great, Doug. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for coming back. Uh, thank you for taking the time. And uh, I just you know, wish you luck with everything. Congratulations on GCU and uh, have a great new year. Thanks, man. You too.